And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shilton. And I'm Steffi Bonnet. On today's show, we celebrate and look at the history of Lesbian Day of Visibility. Uh, yeah, Saskia's here with a big old chat with a friend of hers from Diva magazine. And Rose talks to Tash about being a visible lesbian. Uh, all coming today, right here on Shout Out. One and all, but welcome. Uh, so, summary, summary feel. Um, Steady and, um, on. <laughs> well, it's getting there, isn't it? You know, um, and talking of good news, something to look forward to. I'm very pleased to say it is official. Bristol Pride is happening this year, um, but we don't have much time to talk about it right now. So we'll try and talk about that a little bit later um, in the show. So, but today uh, we're looking at Lesbian Visibility Day, and if there's one lesbian who doesn't need any more visibility, it's Steph. But hello, Steph. How are you? <laughs> what what official day is Lesbian Visibility Day? Because we're, this is Thursday, isn't it? So when is it? It's Monday. So, um, but we uh, we broadcast right over the weekend and butt up to uh, Lesbian Visibility Day, which is the twenty sixth. Um, but uh, Diva Magazine, in conjunction with Stonewall, um, have um, declared whole week that thing, the whole they? week mm. will be Lesbian Visibility Week. Yep, marvellous. Well, uh, with a little bit of the history behind it, um, uh, let's quickly catch up with Hans. In two thousand and eight, Lesbian Visibility Day became internationally recognised. April 2020 marked the start of the first annual Lesbian Visibility Week, an effort launched in the UK that aimed for global participation. While the event kicked off a new addition to an ever-evolving equality calendar for special days and occasions that recognised different underrepresented communities, there's something genuinely unique about Lesbian Visibility Week. Held on April 26th every year, it provides a platform for lesbian role models to speak out on the issues facing a sexual minority. The origins of the day remain mysterious, but it has been running since 2008. Having initially started in the USA, Lesbian Visibility Day, thanks to the wonders of the World Wide Web, is now celebrated internationally. Lesbian Visibility Week includes all women, those assigned female at birth and who identify as female, gender non-conforming and non-binary people who identify as lesbian, and lesbian trans women. In 1999, gay graphic designer Sean Campbell created one of the first lesbian flags. It contains an inverted black triangle that repurposes a Nazi symbol used during World War II. Under the Nazi regime, women who did not conform to Nazi ideals would be sent to concentration camps and marked with an upside-down black triangle badge for identification, and men would be forced to wear the same in pink. There are four lesbian flags. The pink lesbian flag consists of six shades of red and pink colours, with a white bar in the centre, and is derived from the lipstick lesbian flag, which includes a red kiss, which was introduced in the weblog This Lesbian Life in 2010. The lipstick lesbian flag represents homosexual women who have a more feminine gender expression. However, its non-kiss pink variant has attracted more use. A new lesbian flag modelled after the seven-band pink flag was introduced on Tumblr in 2018, 
with colours dark orange representing gender nonconformity, orange for independence, light orange for community, white for unique relationships to womanhood, pink for serenity and peace, dusty pink for love and sex, and dark rose for femininity. A five-stripe version was soon derived from the 2018 colours. In 2020, controversy arose over who had actually introduced an orange-pink lesbian flag. In 2018, Emily Gwen created a new flag which is inclusive of butch women, trans women and non-conforming women. It has gained a lot of popularity and has been shared on many social platforms. It is important that all people within the LGBTQIA community feel celebrated, heard and supported, which is why days like Lesbian Visibility Day and weeks such as Lesbian Visibility Week are so important. And if you'd like to see what they all look like, Steph will be modelling them for you at Pride this year, won't you, my love? <laughs> well, all at once. <laughs> That's all I'll be wearing. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, Pat Show coming up, so uh, we're going to kick it straight off. We'll be back in a minute. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, the lovely uh, Leslie Gore there. And one of Steph's favourites, that one, I think, isn't it? It is, yeah, quite powerful considering um, she was uh, she was gay, and um, that was those words were quite poignant, saying she was fighting in the fifties and sixties. Anyway, uh, bringing us a little bit more up to date with your latest uh, LGBT plus news, um, it's the lovely Terry. This is Shout Out News Headlines on Thursday the 22nd of April. Now, the 1980s have been described as the worst of times and the best of times, to paraphrase Charles Dickens. Now, for those young LGBTQ people who are new to the 80s, Russell T Davis's recent drama series It's a Sin shows the hardship, poverty and destruction wrought by a Conservative government and the AIDS crisis, but also recalls the fun, underground clubs and social solidarity of LGBTQ people. Considering the experiences of young lesbian and bisexual women in the capital, comes a new archive of art film and reminiscences called the Rebel Dykes Project. Covering in particular the years from 83 to 91, the Rebel Dykes Archive Project aims, in its words, to focus on the heritage of a group of lesbians who lived in London in the 1980s. This loose grouping was made up of many young punk women on the edges of society. The young women were involved in political movements of the period, including Greenham Common, South London Women's Hospital Occupation, anti-censorship and sex-positive feminism, sex workers' rights, anti-Section 28 and the Pol Tax Riots. As a movement, they were heavily involved in art and culture, creating bands, art, club nights and zines. Fully inclusive and supportive of S&M lesbians, trans lesbians and queer women of colour, this project is already curating fascinating periods of a pivotal and important period in both British and countercultural history. And you can visit the web hub at rebeldykeshistoryproject.com for more information. 
In sports news, Bristol Rovers women's team inflicted a Bristol-licious licking to Gloucester City women's team this week. The score for the Rovers was an astonishing 22-0. to The hard work that the girls have put in during lockdown clearly showed today, Captain Natty Coles told the independent newspaper Bristol 247. The match was played with rainbow flags flying at the corner posts. And as a number of sports commentators have noticed, the women's football game is some distance ahead of the boys in that there are many lesbian and bi women playing for high-profile teams across the UK. Abortion rights have long been a key issue in lesbian feminist campaigning as part of the wider concerns of the women's liberation movement globally. In Italy, demonstrations took place at the weekend in the Piedmont region, according to Open Democracy Newswire, and were attended by many people of all genders. The demonstration was to defend access to abortion from a whittling away of provisions by right-wing municipal governments who were making it easier for anti-abortion groups, many of them financed by Christian organisations from the states, to get into hospitals and lobby doctors and patients. Abortion was legalised in Italy in 1978, but the complex local laws are always under threat from lobbyists. The National Secular Society, which campaigns for religion to be a private matter and not to influence the actions of the state, says that the NHS needs to be aware of religious groups trying to impose their doctrines on women's health. The Secular Society was responding to a government consultation on women's health in England. In particular, it identified as issues for the NHS to be aware of as religious leaders claiming to speak for all women, particularly those from conservative theological backgrounds. Abortion, they say, should be legal and women women using clinics should not be harassed by anti-abortion groups. And LGBT plus women from religious backgrounds may be more at risk from dangerous practices like exorcism or fraudulent attempts at reconditioning their sexuality. Also included in the Secular Society's recommendations was guidance for health professionals in identifying where girls are at risk from genital mutilation. The full list of recommendations is available to view at secularism.org. And finally, one for radio fans, such as many of our team are, you can check out the Gender and the Sea blog. It's a long-standing blog by seaward-facing historian Dr Joe Stanley of John Moore University in Liverpool. She reveals that many women were involved in the pirate radio movement of the 70s, and she meets up with Debbie England, who once played the hits on Radio Atlantis, anchored off the Belgian coast in the mid-1970s. For these news stories in further detail and much, much more, you can always check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. It's always being updated. For Shoutout News, this has been Terry Starr. Shoutout News. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Sasky Five. Oh, yeah. Hey. 
everyone. Welcome to Shout Out Radio, my Saski Five. And this week is really exciting because we are celebrating lesbian visibility. Obviously, lesbian visibility is something that I always love to celebrate, but I thought I'd go one better. We've got Lesbian Visibility Day coming up on Monday the 26th, but I thought, let me take that a step further and speak to someone who's turned it into Lesbian Visibility Week. So it is with great pleasure that I introduce the founder of Lesbian Visibility Week and publisher of Diva magazine, Linda Riley. Linda, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Of, of, all, of all the things that I do, I, I love being the founder of Lesbian Visibility Week. I absolutely love it. <laughs> well, good. I know. I'm sure there'll be many people uh, that are uh, excited about that just as much too. But you are the founder of Lesbian Visibility Week. Um, let's just not forget also, um, you know, you're well known for other award ceremonies such as the British and European Diversity Awards, Diva Awards, almost, also the Rainbow Honours. You know, so you're, you're, you're not, you know, you're, you're no, no, no new person when it comes to putting on great events. Um, but I just want to talk about your events and the things that you've put forward for the community during the pandemic, because obviously you started up the Diva Facebook community uh, group, and that's over 11.4 thousand members now. Like, congratulations, they're amazing. Uh, but within that, that included the Diva interviews, you've got Diva Tequila, you've got Diva Pride, which we'll touch on later, and you've also moved over to uh clubhouse for diva talks now so really kind of you know branching out um you know when the world was in such turmoil um why was setting up uh, those platforms so important to you and, and what kind of impact do you think it's had on the community yeah first of all you mentioned diva tequila i can't take any uh, credit for that that's just a little a group that somebody within the group set up um, oh, I see. It's not an official uh, diva thing. Um, I'll take that. <laughs> I just thought I'd just clear the air with that one, but uh, you know, I think it's a Saturday night meetup by Zoom. A lot of people do within the group. So there's, you know, um, that's one thing I was going to talk about: the, the, all the breakaway groups that are going on as part of diva community, uh, and people uh, meeting each other virtually and making good friendships. We set that up uh, really because we went into lockdown in the UK. I think it was March the 17th, uh, 2020. Uh, little did we know with uh, the break over the summer that this would go on for so long. But what we noticed uh, at Diva um, was the amount of isolated LGBTQI women. Uh, you know, uh, some couldn't go to their families. They weren't out. There was, a, there was lots going on within the community, which is why we set up Diva Community on Facebook, uh, because we've obviously got the Diva Facebook page for Diva magazine, but that wasn't a group. So this is a private members group. Uh, as you say, we're on 11.4 thousand members, um, coming up to 12,000 hopefully for next week. Um, but it was important to set that up because uh, what we saw, and for me, um, I, 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 I was usually a step back from the community, but being in the Facebook group, I saw firsthand the struggles that people are having. And, and to be fair, uh, you know, I had my own struggles, you know, uh, First of all, for separated parents, we didn't know, could we see our children at the beginning of lockdown? You know, there was lots of uncertainty. So it's given a lot of support to people. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel that. And that's immediately, it absolutely touched everyone on one way or another, didn't it? So it was so great to have that community set up there. Um, you know, we talked about Lesbian Visibility Day, but obviously, you know, being the founder of Lesbian Visibility Week, taking that one step further, how did that all come about in the first place? 
Well, uh, Lesbian Visibility uh, Day had been going for 12 years. I set up Lesbian Visibility uh, Week last year for the, um, simply because I didn't think one day was enough uh, to celebrate lesbians. Uh, and also, um, with the added uh, advantage, obviously, being the publisher of the biggest magazine around for LGBTQI women, it wasn't very, very difficult to do. But what I did is I went to a lot of the LGBT charities, uh, they were all pro for supporting. What I wanted to make it clear was uh, through lesbian visibility, there was becoming a thing within the community where somehow lesbians, cis lesbians, uh, were thought as, as transphobic and being scared to almost use the word lesbian in case people thought that they were somehow transphobic. So what I wanted to create with Lesbian Visibility Week was the awareness that we as lesbians want to see in the visibility, but at the same time um, showing that we're trans-inclusive uh, because the subtitle of the week is inclusive to all LGBTQI women. It's going very, very well. Uh, what I'm trying to do is actually uh, stop people using using Lesbian Visibility Day and kind of just erase that from our history and say Lesbian Visibility Day is no longer, uh, uh, it is now a week, and really get that into the psyche of people, which is going quite well. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll start using it. And also, just to say on my behalf, you know, I'm very much L with the T all the way. So, you know, anytime we can you know, promote that, I think it's so important, uh, you know, for our, our, our trans, non-binary and gender diverse um, people, siblings in our community. Um, tell us a bit more about the conference, Lesbian Visibility Week conference and the panels. What can people expect? Yeah, um, it's not it's not a one day traditional conference. It's a series of events uh, over the over the week, um, virtual panels. Um, I'm kicking uh, the week off with a panel with um, Lady Phil, the um, co-founder of UK Black Pride, and uh, Nancy Kelly, uh, the um, CEO of Stonewall, and it's hosted by a uh, great ally. Dawn Butler MP. So that's kicking the week off. So that's quite an exci exciting uh, panel. Um, we've got an all, all ranges. Uh, to be fair, we've come into partnership with Stonewall in a big way this year. They've really levelled up their partnership and uh, they are hosting a lot of the event, the virtual events and panels. There's uh, panels on allyship. There's panels um, on um, trans inclusion. There's uh, panels on um, international lesbians. Um, uh, BIPOC, uh, all sorts of panels going on throughout the week. Um, if you go to uh, www.lesbianvisibilityweek.com, you'll see our whole program. On the, um, as well as all the events, um, we've also got uh, Stonewall are doing um, an event on on the Tuesday. That's Tuesday the twenty seventh. It's called Gigless, and it's a uh, um, an LGBTQI women's comedy night. Um, that's going to be virtual. We've got the Diva Awards. <laughs> We've got Diva Pride during that week, uh, and it's and uh, it's all virtual. So uh, that actually gives you a bigger audience, funnily enough. So it's all going very well. It wasn't intended to be virtual when we started it last year, but we're trying to look on the positive. Well, that's it, isn't it? And that's that is one of the positives about virtual because you can sort of you know have a bigger audience, and also there's lots of people that 
it's harder to reach they may not even be out yet they may you know even be able to get to those uh, uh those uh, meetings and conferences etc and these events so that in itself do you think that going forward you know when we talk about diva i'm calling you the diva machine because you are just literally growing and growing do you think going forward online events are how it will be continuously well i think i, I mean i'm still considering it obviously there's a you know um one of uh, one of uh, my greatest moments as Diva was Diva was having the Pride in London Women's Stage, the Diva Women's Stage. Uh, it was really great, and to you, you can't beat that. Uh, you know, physical interaction of people just screaming up at the stage, and uh, or having an awards event and Rachel Shelley walking on stage and the roof coming down. Uh, so stuff like that uh, are unforgettable memories. But I think um, really what I'd like to do. Is, is do events next year for Lesbian Visibility Week, which are physical, but at the same time have the virtual, um, have the virtual record it so it can go live as well. But then you've got to the idea, you just don't know how it's going to work. Are people going to come out to the event if they can sit at home and have it, you know? <laughs> I know it's the double-edged sword, isn't it? It's the double-edged sword. Yeah. Let's hope we get the uh, the reminders, like you say, those physical events. You can't actually beat them at all, can you? Um, you know, speaking of that, you know, I, I've obviously been a proud uh, host and supporter and, and part of the Team Diva many times. Very happy to do that. So let's talk quickly about Diva Pride because we're kind of rounding up the week with Diva Pride as well, aren't we? I know it's going to a Sunday. Um, any particular acts you're looking forward to uh, seeing perform? Mm. I'm looking forward to seeing the host. Yeah, I caught me myself and 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 our my cyber wife, Shar uh, Bailey, the fabulous Shar Bailey. We can't wait either. Um, so we're really excited about that. Um, but listen, talking about Lesbian Visibility Week, tell me about the conversation with you, uh, Sadiq Khan, Mayor of London, and and the lesbian flag. What what's come out of that? That's exciting news. <sighs> Oh, so uh, yeah, so um, that was uh, that was just like really amazing because um, um, Sadiq Khan had set up um, uh, talks with uh, with uh, all the major LGBT charities um, uh, within the UK, uh, and it was a round table talk virtually, and uh, so I attended that, and then he also asked for an interview um, afterwards with me for Diva. And I was like, great. And I was like, I know what I do. I'll see, I'll see, uh, I'll see, I'll ask him if he'll fly the f- lesbian flag at uh, City Hall. So, uh, you know, doing the interview and I was like, you know, about lesbian visibility week, etc. And he's so well informed, Sadiq. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he's briefed. He, he, he knows, you know, he knows everything that's going on in the community, you know. And um, I just said, uh, I just said, and will you fly uh, the lesbian uh, flag? Uh, during Lesbian Visibility Week, and he said, "Yes, of course I will." And I and I was like, "Whoa, you know, amazing!" But obviously, afterwards, you know, all the um, aides that you know the uh, were sort of scrabbling around. Uh, trying to find a lesbian flag and they were like have you got, have you got one running uh, hanging around Linda and I was like uh, no but, uh, <laughs> many it. oh that's that, is so good. that is so good I mean that is such a massive accomplishment isn't it I mean what does that actually that what does that mean to you because you know this is just going massive isn't it well, it really, it really is because I know that you know once that starts, other other uh, town halls will be doing the same, and it, it really is uh, to be at City Hall and and seeing the lesbian flag flying like that, you know. Funnily enough, uh, I put up a post about this in Diva Community. Uh, 
after this happened because I was delighted. And um, the amount of lesbians and LGBTQI women that said, uh, what does the lesbian flag look like? You know, and I was a bit like, whoa. Uh, but I was like pretty interested that uh, because of the lack of lesbian visibility, that people in our own community doesn't know what that flag looks like. You know, it's pretty shocking, but true, you know. Yeah. So that was quite an eye-opener. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. I think most people are pretty, uh, most commonly see, obviously, you know, the main pride flag or the trans flag, uh, those two. I don't even think people are aware of what the ally flag looks like, actually, which I think is important to show as well. But, uh, yeah, either way, I'm, I'm really pleased uh, that you've done that. So just a couple of little things I want to touch on before we we kind of round up. Um, in terms of the, uh, the Lesbian Visibility Week, is there anything, I know there's so many great things that are happening really excited about that but are there any things that you're looking forward to the most uh, from that week is there anything that you're really excited to see any panels or uh, conversations uh yeah no there, there are lots there there are too many to really go into i mean um i'm really looking forward to uh, uh there's going to be a little special show between um heather small the voice of m people oh, and yeah. heather east there's some. Uh, I don't know if we've released that information yet, but they've. Uh, uh, they've got the exclusive. <laughs> they've, got, they've got together to record the fantastic song for Diva Pride, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, with all the panels, I, I'm just going to watch them all. Uh, you know, we've got political panel. We've got. Um, uh, LGBTQI education panel. Um, there are just so many, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff that I'm going to be tuning into. And it's uh, it's just great to see that that week of uh, lesbian visibility. And I hope that the event grows. Yeah, it's so exciting. So exciting. Uh, listen, I can't let you go, Linda, without mentioning the Riley interviews very quickly. Because again, with all these interviews, that, that's one, one of the big things that started with the Facebook group, wasn't it? Um, how did you uh, did you enjoy them? Did you like doing the Riley interviews? Well, Shasky, I mean, you're always on the other side of the camera. I've got to say, um, uh, I did enjoy doing them. Um, but I realised the amount of uh, research to us to go into an interview because I think people just turn up like you, <laughs> do it all, and like you know. But yeah. I, you know, I read, I had to read up a lot, did a lot of studying, and I realised that one thing I did realise was the role of the interviewer. Uh, a good interview is you make it seem easy, you know, and uh, uh, it was all right. But a couple of times I was like, oh, yeah, I saw you did this. And I was really proud of myself because I'd read up and they were like, well, that's not true. And I was like, but I read it on Wikipedia. And they were like, <laughs> well, what do you know? <laughs> I, did, I did love doing them. I had Denise Welsh, uh, Horse, Nancy Kelly, the CEO of Stonewall, Jane Hill, Sophie Ward, uh, Lady Phil, uh, Leanne Sanderson, the footballer. I was a bit like, this is fantastic. You know, it's great way to meet people. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I, I, I love to write interviews, but look, on the other side of it, I'm so pleased that you now see the, what happens in the background. It's a lot of research, a lot of time, and the amount of times I'll just let you in, the amount of times I've said, oh, yeah, but it was on Wikipedia too, and they go, no, it's not true. 
<laughs> so future going forward, let's scrap Wikipedia. But um, Linda, thank you so much for talking to us on our, our Lesbian Visibility Week special. Uh, really excited for everything that's happened next week. Can't wait to see what happens in the future. Uh, for those listening, just want to reiterate to say that it's uh, follow www.lesbianvisibilityweek.com. Hashtags are also following at Diva Magazine, uh, Lesbian Visibility Week, hashtag L with the T and hashtag LVW21. Linda, thank you so much for everything. Good luck. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, April the 26th to May the 2nd. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Uh, the lovely Hazel Dean. And, um, yeah, that, that uh, it, it kind of it brings out a gay in you as well as a lesbian. It's, it's just like, I just want to dance around. And it's not really... I, I was a youngster when this came out. I mean, this was 80s, wasn't it? Have you just um, eighty four? Yeah, but have you just come out again, Mister? Well, I was watching you. I mean, for listeners, we're all remote, as you're probably aware. Um, So we've all got cameras going, so we can see each other at the same time we're recording. And all I could see the whole way through that was Steph bopping along like she was like twenty again. (laughs) Why would you not? Well, that was only two years ago. Um. (laughs) Plus forty, yeah. Well, I do love Saucer Hazel, Bill. and um, yeah, she's been. Oh, she's lovely, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah it's been uh, like Western Pride we met her at quite a few times, isn't it? Yeah, yep. yeah, we have. Yeah, she's uh, yeah, really nice. It's really funny, nice. um, t- Terry. You said off air that was that was called high energy. That's what you call high energy, isn't yeah. it? High energy music, yeah. yeah. which evolved I, from disco and then in turn informed house because mm. well, most of the styles of dance music today which they have without you yeah garage drum and bass all of it there's a strong mm. disco and high energy element in all of it you know so, I just um, love the fact that it yeah. made Steph bop along like she was 20 I think that's great <laughs> so. anyway uh, talking of bopping along can we say happy birthday to Rose um, who's doing our next oh. piece uh, a very happy, happy birthday, birthday to you she's not able to join us tonight but she did send us this piece um, she be talking uh, to the lovely Tash Jones. Have a listen to this. Monday the 26th of April is known in the LGBTQ plus calendar for being the Lesbian Awareness Day, or as I like to call it, Lad Day. Hooray! (laughs) So with that in mind, um, I'm going to speak to uh, Tash Jones, who is a director of Landscape Architecture, uh, a Bristol company. I don't know if you want to say the company, Tash, but you can say that later. But I'm with her and she's uh, Bristol-based and she's also a huge advocate in the LGBTQ plus community around Bristol and uh, does a lot of active work with them. So with that in mind, hello, Tash. Hello. hello. Nice to be here. Thank she's you very much for along. Oh, thank you for coming. We're really happy to have you. Um, so basically, um, I wanted to um, have a chat with you because you're um, someone who has, well, some people might call it a unusual job, um, quite a high profile job, I would imagine. And uh, I, I didn't really know what a landscape architect did. So I'd like you to just tell our listeners a little bit, just sketch for us a little bit about what you do. Okay. Um the way I tend to think of it, the easiest way, 
is that a landscape architect deals with the space between buildings. So an architect we know designs the buildings. Landscape architects design and plan the space between buildings at all scales. Um, so that could be from new settlements, for example, Cranbrook down near Exeter, um, to urban extensions, housing developments, commercial schemes, road schemes, new power stations, wind turbine schemes, solar farms, anything that's being planned and developed, that's what we'll look at. Um, and so we'll design it, um, we'll help to plan it, we'll assess it and determine whether it's a good thing or a bad thing in professional landscape and visual terms. Hmm, okay, so um, how, how did you kind of arrive at that career path? How did you decide, oh, I really want to be a landscape architect? What was your, what was your thinking? You know, what, what drew you there? <laughs> I I had done um, geography and art and design and technology as my three A-levels. Um, I first of all decided that I wasn't going to go to university. I was going to rebel against my family okay. and um, work. So I worked for a year actually in um, Liberty in a, in a small branch in Cheltenham running the menswear department straight, straight out of A-levels, which was quite interesting, um, selling suits and ties. <laughs> um, and then I decided after a year of working full time that actually that wasn't for me and I did want to go to university and looking at the A-levels that I had something to mix in something along the lines of town planning but also being creative um, I was quite interested in graphics and art and design and those sorts of things and landscape architecture fit the bill perfectly for my A-levels so it was a little bit of a try it and see and um, here 25 years later wow. I'm now director of wow. wow amazing that actually that really makes sense those subjects combined that's um that is actually yeah pretty interesting i like the creativity and the geography and that's brilliant um so i mentioned it in the introduction to you that you're also involved in promoting events and, and networking uh within the lgbtq plus community in bristol so i'd like you to just have a tell our listeners a little bit about that and what you do and how did you get into that Sure. Um, I'm one of the directors of Indigo Network. I hope that some of your listeners will recognise that name. Um, for a number of years, I helped to plan and organise events for Indigo and Hush. Um, I was a core member of the team, along with Suzanne and Amy and Anna. Before the pandemic, um, we used to run monthly Indigo events at the Square Club. Um, so that might have been for speed networking. We had um, comedians like yourself, Rose, yeah, and yeah. joining a us. Highlight. That was a highlight, that. wasn't it? That was a highlight there. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely was. Definitely was. Um, singers, songwriters, book launches, that sort of thing. But really, it was very much focused around social networking in, in the flesh. Um, and just meeting like-minded people, being very relaxed and just enjoyable and making great friends. Um, I actually stepped back from organising that, though, um, probably a couple of years ago now, so, so before the pandemic, so that I could focus on work yeah. and my family. Yeah. Um, but oh, still director, still in touch with the, with the old team, still get involved yeah. where I can, yeah, but just not leading it now. Yeah, that's um yeah, I remember I remember those old days. <laughs> those old days. Um do do you think um because we obviously we're the subject is about sort of the, the, the lesbian awareness sort of day. I mean, do you think there's still a there's still a need for a lesbian awareness day? Do you think you know, do you think we still need it in twenty twenty one? I mean, what's your experience been at work? Um, I think I think there is a need, but uh, personally I think that it is important that it's more widely um, incorporating it's more inclusive so that it's lesbian supporting lesbian bisexual transgender queer 
non-binary I think it's it's really important to be fully inclusive um, and I think there's a real opportunity to sort of help lift up those that are most marginalised through these sorts of awareness drives. Um, I did see that Diva and Stonewall are sort of running a hashtag, this is me, and trying uh, to right. inspire people. And I, I, think that's, I think that's really great. I think it's really great. Generally, um, gay women are almost twice as unlikely to come out at work as gay men. Um, slightly different in the construction industry where it's flipped and, and gay mm. women will come out in the in the construction industry more than gay men. So I do think it's really important to be able to inspire and, and show others what could, yeah. what you can achieve. Yeah, I did know I did sort of have a little delve into your web into your sort of web page of your, you know, um your work. And I did see that you're you're very out on there sort of thing. I was like, oh that's good, you know, yes. kind of it was just yeah. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> when nice. I joined um the company originally it was Peter Brett Associates and we became Stantec UK a couple of years ago. But when I joined my employer seven years ago, I did actually make the decision to be out, um, to be out and to speak out, speak up. And that's yeah. what I've done. Um, I think I have made a bit of a name for myself in the business <laughs> with, <laughs> with doing that. Um, but, but it's important. And yeah. I'm very lucky that PBA and Santec um, embrace inclusivity and diversity and make yeah. me feel welcome. Yeah, I was going to I was going to go on to ask, you know, how have you, you know, sort of how, how you promoted inclusion and diversity within your work? So I think you've you've kind of answered that directly. Um, do you know what I was I was thinking about the projects that you're involved in in your landscape architecture and um, I was wondering if there was anything that you felt you'd done that had particularly sort of benefited the LGBTQ community. It doesn't matter if there isn't an answer, but I just wondered if there's a project that came to mind. You thought, oh, yeah, that was that one. I don't was. think so in a specific project, but I do sit on the Landscape Institute's Diversity and Inclusive um, Working okay. Group. So the Landscape Institute is the professional institute for landscape architects. Um, and there's a group of us who sit and we're trying to create positive change in the profession and opening up the profession to everybody. So yeah. we're looking at, at all sorts of um, initiatives. Uh, there's an LGBT group. There's a women's group. There's a social equality group. Um, actually, really interesting to see the change at all levels across the profession that's coming yeah. through that work. Hmm, that's that's really positive. I'm really glad to hear that. It's interesting. And um, just as a, a sort of throw out, perhaps to, to end on, what what project that you've um, you've been involved in are you most proud of, or you're you're most happy that you're involved in? Uh, I think the most proud project uh, is Cranbrook. Actually, yeah. I worked on that for over ten years, and seeing that as a new town being created from nothing. Um, I went back and, and visited the country park that we designed and seeing it grow and mature. The best thing of that for me was seeing people using it, um, dog walkers wow. who stopped and told me how amazing this green space was at the heart of, of the new town. That, that for me make, makes me have the job satisfaction that I have. Perhaps if people are interested in getting involved in landscape architecture, where would you point them to? Like First of all, the Landscape Institute's website. There's loads of information on there. There's um, hashtag choose landscape. Um, if you're young and you want to be inspired, get a degree, you can come in on apprenticeships. Um, there's lots of videos about practices. Just get in touch with the local practice as well. Okay, thank you. So it just remains for me to say, Tash James, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rose. 
For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. That's a lovely uh, LP and a lost on you. I really, really like that song. I can't remember how we, we found it now. Um, um, it was uh, Hans who introduced yeah. us to LP. Hmm. Yeah, lovely, lovely song that one. Come on, one day, breast of pride, I hope. So it's not happening this year, by the way, before you, before you suddenly go out. But yeah, um, and a big thank you to uh, Tash um, and uh, our friend uh, Linda Riley and uh, Saski. Um, and of course, lovely Rose, whose birthday it is. Well, I, I don't think it's her birthday today. Was it yesterday, day before, something like that? Anyway, happy yes, birthday, today. Rose. So, yeah. Some really good music tonight. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm... Of course, excellent. Enjoy, enjoy the whole Hazel Dean. I can't, can't wait to meet her again. Yes. Oh, indeed. It, it, we, we like Hazel Dean. Mm. Um, we did, um, we did have um, a news break, didn't we, Terry? Um, was it yesterday, uh, I think, which you've got um, uh, uh, some news for us about a charity um, or an yes, organisation yes, given charitable status? Oh. That's right. The Charity Commission has been reported yes uh, today, actually. Uh, no, I beg your pardon, Wednesday, by many LGBTQ newswires as having given a group calling itself the LGB Alliance charitable status. Uh, but the, the group's name has been widely condemned by activists because it seeks to erase trans people from the wider LGBTQ movement and has also been found to have links with extremists and religious groups and homophobes. Uh, the Charity Mermaids has issued a press statement. I'll just read it, uh, just a few extracts from it. It says uh, we are deeply concerned by the Charity Commission's decision, giving a divisive and polarising anti-trans campaign group such as the LGB Alliance a supposed mark of legitimacy brings into question the Charity Commission's processes. Now, uh, whilst all this is going on, Pink News has been doing some investigation. They found that in actual fact, uh, by giving the uh, LGB Alliance charitable status, the government may actually be curtailing some of their less savoury activities, because here in the UK there are strong and strict rules on what a charity can and cannot do um, and critics of the LGB Alliance will be watching closely and note that much of its activity would now be subject to official scrutiny meanwhile uh, a gay male MP has spoken out about homophobic hate mail he's been receiving from people who support the LGB Alliance John Nicholson represents the Scottish National Party told Pink News that the activities of these extremists was sinister and disturbing he said so that's the current news there's more on our newswire going up later tonight keep abreast on pink news and lgbtq nation and all the other gay news wires thanks terry but i think in better news we've also heard uh this week that bristol pride yes is is official it is happening this year um if you have not heard the news um it's going to be a smaller affair this year um um, if you go read the faqs on the website they give you quite a good insight into the questions they've been being asked but in short basically because of covid um the finances just wouldn't stretch to something like the downs but they are intending to do that next year this year instead though they're bringing a two-week festival as opposed to the usual one uh which will include highlights including the dog show 
show um, and many others, comedy night, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there is a main day. It's going to take place on, um, um, uh, where is it? Oh, uh, Castle Park, isn't it? Yep. Castle um, Park, that's correct. Yeah. And, um, I, I don't have the date to hand. I don't know if someone else has. It's the 10th of July. 10th of July, July, there you go. But so. it is over two weeks. It's, it's two over two weeks, weeks yeah. Um, weeks, now, yeah. Uh, we should point out, if you're used to big stages with a big axe, that is not the intention this year. Um, it's going to be a smaller affair. Um, but, Steph, can't remember, we're going to try and catch up with the, the team from Pride in uh, the next few weeks so we yep, can bring you on the show. more info. Yeah. Uh, we're intending to be there, um, I believe. Yeah. Uh, not sure in what format yet, but um, we're, we're hoping to be there and broadcasting and bringing you something we're bringing you more details about that the news story only broke yesterday so um, um yeah, it, it's all quite fresh, new, to, it? new yeah. to us too so um yeah we, we will uh, bring you um as much as we can whatever happens we promise that steph will be pride parading in lots of different um flag colors so you can see what they all mean <laughs> okay and terry will be there in a string vest <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> of course. What did you, what did you expect? Anything else? <laughs> so yeah, no, it's going to no, be, no, really, no. be really good. Looking forward to that one. So anyway, um, do enjoy uh, Lesbian Day of Visibility and including the week as well. So um, uh, whatever you're doing to celebrate it. But that is it for this week. Uh, please uh, do remember, as we keep saying each week, we are looking for more people to get involved with the show. Um, if you know someone or you're interested yourselves, do get in touch with us. Whether you want to be on air or help behind the scenes, let us know. There's loads to help out with. Email studio at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, we'll be back next week when we're talking about um, what it's like being black, queer and proud. Uh, but for myself and the rest of the team, for now, say bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.